0: Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents, Episode 6. Today, I'm going to be talking about why it's probably a bad idea to write a letter and send it to your toxic parents. This is a question I get a lot. I get asked this quite often, and it is something that um, that comes up for people. So I want to talk about it today on the podcast and give you some tips on what you can do instead. My name is Tracy Principe. I am your host of Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents. And you can join the Facebook group with the same name, Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents. I have dealt with a um, narcissistic mother. Uh, she's got other issues as well, but narcissism is... is um, what caused most of most of the uh, traumatic injuries, and so I helped other people navigate this process, which is so winding and really honestly, just a lifelong process um, of you know a multitude of emotions and feelings and a lifelong process of really becoming whole coming back to ourselves, reparenting, loving ourselves, you know, feeling, feeling lovable when we didn't get that love, um, calming our nervous system, right? Out of that fight or flight or freeze mode. It's a huge part of it. Getting back into the body. The body wasn't safe. Embodiment, somatic work. You know, a lot of this is not cognitive. Um, it's feeling. And so if we come from trauma, We tend to not want to feel. We tend to not want to be in our bodies because it wasn't safe. And so we go into adulthood with all these different coping mechanisms, become our identity, personality, and a lot of times we might still be not separate from our parents because we're still looking for that love, still looking for that acceptance, that acknowledgement from our parents, from um, others, lovers, or you know, peers. So, this shows up in a multitude of different ways that um, don't really serve us over time. You know, we might adapt them to think that they're serving us, people pleasing, not setting boundaries. Um, but, you know, ultimately, that just at some point it, it doesn't work, and it becomes exhausting, we can burn out, and that's when disease shows up in our bodies because that trauma is ultimately stored in our bodies. So that's what this is really all about. It's not that we're blaming our parents, but we do have to acknowledge uh, those childhood wounds so that we can begin to unravel, unwind, heal, and come back to ourselves, trust ourselves, love ourselves. It's not an easy process. If you are on this road, this is probably some of the hardest work you can do. Um, It's a lot easier to just, well, it seems a lot easier to just ignore it, right? But ultimately, that's going to backfire and catch up with you. At least that's what happened to me. All right, so let's get into today's episode. So why sending letters to your toxic parent or parents mm, probably is a bad idea. And I'm talking about sending the letter, um, you know, via mail, um, an email, you know, that kind of thing, or even even an interaction over the phone or in person. Why that? Probably a bad idea. So a lot of people come to me and they send letters because they feel compelled to send a letter to explain themselves to maybe defend themselves to say hey here's why you hurt me and they're sending that letter because they want a response they want to be heard which is normal they want to be validated and that's normal that is a normal response We would expect that of anybody in our lives to say, hey, you know, you hurt me or I didn't appreciate when you did this and we would expect a response that would attune to our feelings and emotions. The problem is, is when we send that to our parents, they are not capable of hearing us, okay? They're not capable of hearing us. So the need to express ourselves Um, and you know the need for them to take responsibility for the hurt um, is real it's valid of course you want them to hear you of course you want them to understand your hurt and to acknowledge it but the problem is is that these are people that are not able to do that They are not, they're never going to be able to do that. So inevitably what happens is the response or the lack of a response that comes back from sending that letter, um, you know, most of the time they will not even respond to that. If they do respond, it's going to be met with denial, um, shutting down, you know, shaming, blaming, um, being ghosted, gaslighted manipulated, whatever their particular, however they normally operate is how they are going to respond to that as well. And that's you pouring your heart out to someone who, again, is not going to meet your emotional needs. They're not going to emotionally attune to, you know, you pouring your heart out. You're pouring your heart out to the wrong people. And so what happens is that A lot of people who do decide to send a letter get very re-traumatized, even from no response. Nobody responded. It can be very re-traumatizing. You just poured your heart out. Um, You were, you know, you, um, you know, eloquently explained everything in a way that you just wanted to be heard and you didn't get your needs met. And it's, and, and so it just reignites the trauma and the trauma responses. It can send someone into a deep depression, anxiety, um, you know, all kinds of feelings and emotions. So that is my, always my suggestion is don't send a letter. Don't actually mail it out. Don't actually send it out. It is just not worth the hurt. The disappointment because they won't hear you they won't understand they won't acknowledge your pain just like they never have okay so unfortunately that um, pouring of your heart and opening your heart is not going to give your parent your mom or your dad the epiphany and the closure that you want it's just not going you know that's just not going to happen it's not an option for them. So with that in mind, okay, with that in mind, you know, because your mental health is really the number one priority. That's really the number one priority. So with that in mind, one of the options that you can do, and I suggest that people try this, is go ahead and write the letter, write down all your pains and hurts and disappointments, and don't send it. Just keep it for yourself. If you are insistent on writing the letter, of course, I'm not going to tell you not to. These are only suggestions. Um, I, you know, I would suggest not sending it. But some people go ahead and send it anyway. Because, again, it's, it's a strong um, need to express yourself, right? Um, ask yourself what you are hoping to achieve okay what are you hoping to achieve by sending the letter and write the things down so this is something you want to do before you know beforehand is you know ask yourself what am I hoping to gain out of this what do I want out of this okay and write that down you know some people tell me that they're not expecting anything out of it and if you truly aren't expecting anything, and you are, you know, you've built the capacity to handle whatever might come back. Um, and if you want to send that letter, and you are in a healthy emotional state, grounded in your body, um, and a lack of a response or a negative response isn't going to send your nervous system into fight or flight or freeze, um, then you know, if that feels like the right thing to do, then send a letter. I've had people do that as well, but they are in a space where they feel okay with whatever comes back. So really the question to ask yourself is what do you hope to achieve? If you are hoping for a response, it's probably not a good idea to send the letter because you are going to get disappointed But in that case, writing the letter and not sending it could have some healing benefits for you. And just writing, you know, just writing it out. Okay. Another thing that you could do um, is not write out a whole letter. A lot of times people will ask what you know what's the right thing to do? It should I just ghost when I go no contact, not say anything, or should I let them know why I'm going no contact? You know, again, by writing a letter, by sending an email, um, and my suggestion always is to keep it very short, so they they don't have an in. You're not giving them an in. Um, Also, a lot of parents, they're not respectful of boundaries. They're very, very, um, they have no boundaries. They don't respect other people's boundaries. They're very pushy. So they're not the kind of parent that um, stays away or the avoidant, but they are the um, aggressive, dominant-style parent that is going to constantly call you, email you, go through other people to try to get a hold of you. Those are the parents that need very short, firm boundaries. Definitely letter writing doesn't work for them. But you do, in some cases, with parents like that, you're going to need to set firm boundaries. And that boundary might be, please do not contact me ever again. If you step foot on my property, the authorities will be called. Um, Some people have had to get a restraining order on their parent. Because they don't respect boundaries, they're very volatile. Um, they, you know, they they've got serious anger issues, and they they just don't stop. And so, in that case, that can also activate someone's nervous system, create a lot of anxiety, a lot of turmoil. When you have a parent that's volatile like that, and you're going to have to set really hard boundaries, and oftentimes you're going to need some help. From other people, maybe a spouse or friends, or even authorities, if it comes to that. So with parents like that, you know your parents, right? You know how that, what their typical response is. I always tell people, you know, how do they typically respond? Because you're getting the same response, you're never getting a different response. They are typically, you know, their response is very typical, right? I always, always know how my mom is going to respond and I'm never wrong because I, you know, she's been doing it for 50 years, right? So always ask yourself, you know, how does my parent typically respond to, you know, these types of situations? And you have your answer. Um, and so, you know, if that means setting boundaries, short very short and to the point telling them what happens when they break that boundary in a very short concise way and then you need to make that happen that's what you do there's no letter um that would ever you know that they could ever hear it's just not possible Parents that typically um, ghost or just, you know, ignore. So my mother does one of two things. She will ignore, not respond, or sometimes she responds um, with blaming. So she'll turn it around and blame it on me. Um, and that's, that's what she, that, you know, those are her typical two responses, ignoring it, Or if it somehow serves her to respond and turn around and blame, she'll do that and play the victim. That's what she does. So those are her responses. Okay? But either one um, will never acknowledges, right? So the, the issue is that none of these responses acknowledge your pain and your hurt. None of them do. Right? So if... You are hoping to achieve a favorable response, someone who meets your needs emotionally or emotionally attunes and says, Hey, I read your letter and I'm really sorry um, that I did those things. I didn't have the awareness at that time in my life, and I hope that you can forgive me for that. If that's a response that you want, that somebody's emotionally attuning to your needs, That, can you imagine your parent, you know, saying anything even close to that? And the answer is probably no, right? Because it takes a lot of work for someone to be able to do that. Okay. And in fact, you know, a lot of, a lot of average people can't even do that. Um, And so... If you're expecting something like that, that is just very, very, very far from happening because it would mean that your parents would have to have been in some kind of um, therapy or treatment or or something to, um, you know, start looking at some of those issues. And if they haven't done that or they haven't been open to that or even tried that, then that, you know, that is, they don't have the self-awareness for that. They just don't. So save yourself the hurt, the re-traumatization, the pain and the suffering of trying to get that response from your parents by writing a letter. Okay. Unfortunately, you're going to have to let go of any hope whatsoever that they could see you, that they could hear you, um, that they one day might love you or accept you or acknowledge you. And that isn't going to come through the letter. They're likely to make it all about them, right? Or whatever it is that they do. You know, their their past behaviors are an indication of current behaviors, as I always say. And then, you know, and then typically what happens when people send letters is, is if there's no response, they just rack their brain. And what do I do now? Do I just, you know, and, and it's just, it's, if you've got that mind monkey going, it creates more anxiety, just thinking about, well, they didn't respond. What should I do? Should I call? Should I, you know, and, and then, and then you're just on that hamster wheel again, over and over trying to take care of their emotional needs um by you know having being on that hamster wheel with your own mind does that make sense if that makes sense it's like you're trying to um, anticipate their needs or their you know their what they're thinking um and it's it's like never it's you just can't get off that hamster wheel So again, if you are not in a place emotionally, physically, and, um, you know, body-wise, nervous system-wise, to handle that type of response or no response or rejection is not a good idea to write a letter. Just write it out and don't send it. Write it out and do not send it. And you can even write it out and burn it if you want. Or, you know, rip it up. Um, You know, if if that feels better for you. It can be good to clear your own head by writing a letter. But definitely not sending it. Okay. Okay. So but again ask yourself that question of you know what's my purpose for doing that? What do I expect out of this? Am I expecting something out of it? You know, why am I doing this? Okay? Writing a letter, go ahead and burn it, shred it, keep it for for, for yourself. Um, that can be healing. Um Tearing it up and throwing it in water can be healing. Anything like that, if that feels good to you, do that. But don't create this hamster wheel and this loop of anxiety. Um, if you're, if you physically know that your body can't handle the response, or you know your mind is going to get set off and your body's going to respond you know, by being activated, okay? Is this going to activate my body? Is this going to activate my nervous system? If I send a letter and I don't get a response or I get a response that's, you know, blaming, shaming, whatever, how's that going to affect my nervous system? How does though? you know, how do those typical responses from your parents affect your nervous system? Do they activate you? Then you definitely don't want to send that letter, because remember, every time your nervous system gets activated, if it's already hypervigilant, okay? If you're already hypervigilant and your nervous system is activated in fight or flight or freeze or both, every time you get activated is adding more stress. To your already overactivated nervous system. So it's like you have a full cup of water and you add more water, what happens to the water? It spills out over, it overflows and spills out over the glass, right? And so that's what's happening with your nervous system. So if your nervous system is already heightened, hyper-vigilant, and activated on a regular basis. Um, because of anxiety or depression or a combination of those things, even panic attacks, then any more activation on your nervous system, it's really, really hard because that cup is already full. So it has to leak out somewhere. And that's how it, you know, causes disruptions and disease in your body. So keep that in mind because your job and your ultimate goal is to take care of your emotional health, okay? Taking care of your emotional health um, is the number one priority because really your nervous system can only handle so much um, and it's already taxed. So removing yourself from those situations with your parents is always what I recommend Now, once you learn to calm your nervous system and you are less triggered, and that takes a lot of work, um, then maybe, maybe you can handle your parents. But in the beginning, when you are activated um, and your emotions are high and you are hyper vigilant and triggered, then the best thing to do is to remove yourself from that situation. Until you can build the capacity within you to build the capacity within you and get empowered and strong enough to be able to say, okay, I can, you know, I can write a letter and I, it, I will not be shaken by what comes back or the lack of what comes back, right? Um, And again, that it takes a it takes some work to get to that point. where it, where it has little effect on you, okay? Little effect on you. So again, I highly suggest not writing a letter and sending it if you are activated in any way um, and keeping it for yourself if you feel like, yes, you need to express yourself. Um, and maybe there's someone else you can give it to. Do you have a safe family member that you can give it to, or a spouse, um, or even a friend, somebody that you feel safe with, or even a therapist, you know, um, that you can, can give it to. That can also feel healing. It can feel good because they will validate you, right? You need somebody that can validate your feelings, um, and emotionally attune to say, yes, I hear you. That happened. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, that's part of the issue is that our parents weren't able to do that and they're not able to do that now. They didn't do that when we were children. So it's so, so important that we find people that are safe and that can emotionally attune to us and say, yeah, I understand. Or maybe I don't understand, but I validate you, right? I validate that that happened to you. And that's really, really important. Sometimes that can be very empowering. Just having somebody listen and hear us and validate our feelings, right? Our parents aren't able to do that. So really making sure to find just a couple of people that can validate our feelings, validate our lived experience, um, to listen is so, so crucial. Because then we can begin to feel safe. And when someone does that, it's like, oh, can take a big deep breath and your nervous system gets less activated right because they begin to regulate with someone safe regulate with someone safe co-regulation that's with someone safe that validates you and hears you and listens to you maybe gives you a hug Instead of someone that is going to deny you your experience or say that never happened, that's not true, right? That is very activating because your body is going back to that time in childhood when maybe somebody also, a parent also didn't keep you safe. They weren't paying attention. Somebody abused you and they denied that that ever happened. Maybe they abused you and they deny that they ever did, right? You immediately just go into a panic-activated rage, hurt, pain, you know, sensations and feelings, right? So that is why this is so, so important to really think about, you know, if that's something that you um, would consider or hold off on until you're further along in your healing journey or, again, taking that letter, writing it, Keeping it for yourself, burning it, giving it to a therapist, a friend, a spouse, someone you feel safe with. It's so, so, so important that you feel safe and validated because we didn't get that. This is really about loving yourself, being gentle with yourself, supporting yourself emotionally, right? I mean, it's, you know... it. You can have you can feel guilty for wanting to get this off your chest. There's such a strong need to oh, I really need to get this off my chest. I feel so, I feel like I have to do this. So I've had people tell me that, um, you know, because they just really they want so bad to get it off their chest. They feel guilty if they don't, um, you know, especially if there's maybe one parent that you think could hear some of it or if you have somewhat of a relationship with you know one parent not the other one or maybe someone is you know ill so this comes up a lot of times when a parent is ill or maybe even dying that you really want to write that last letter um, when someone is ill or dying but even in those cases I've had because I've had people. I've had so many people do this, and that, you know, and they come back to me. So I, you know, the I get so many people every day messaging me. Yeah, I did that. My, you know, parent was dying, or they're in the hospital, they're sick, they have three months to live, or whatever, and they do that, and they still don't get that response because we always think, well, if they're dying, they should want to, you know, turn this around before they go, and even then. They're going to just... They're just not able to do that. And they're just going to... um, You know... Possibly... A lot of times... Go to their grave... Never ever acknowledging... The hurt and pain... That they caused. They just can't even do it. So... Look for the people that genuinely... Care about you. That can fill that gap... Left by your parents. Um... It can literally be just one or two people that can validate your experience. And maybe that's who you, you know, share the letter with. Let them read it and get some healing that way. That's going to be a lot better with a safe person than with someone that is going to, um, you know, send your nervous system into um, more hyper arousal, Right? So that is my suggestions on writing letters. Uh, That comes up a lot. So I hope you found that helpful to you if you are facing a similar scenario where you're not sure, you know, if writing a letter is the best idea. But again, always go back to that initial question of why am I doing this? You know, what do I expect to get out of writing this letter? And if the answer is you want some closure, you want, you know, you want somebody to hear you, um, you are much better sharing that with someone that has the emotional capacity to, um, you know, respond in a way that is comforting and your parents just can't do that. They are just not able to do that. Okay. Um, they, they just can't. It's not possible. So you've got to find somebody else. And you also have to attune to your own self. I'm learning that. To meet your own needs. Get your own needs met. Um, another thing you could do. You could write the letter. Um, and then imagine meeting your own needs right so imagine giving it to a parent that would meet your needs right if you if you guys like visualization um, feel free to try this out if it feels good to do if not you know no worries but imagine writing the letter and giving it to a parent it could be your parent or it could be somebody imaginary it could, you know it could be anybody. Um, that feels safe and feels good or a parent if you want to imagine your parent if you can do that if you can't make up some other imaginary parent right Um, and hand them the letter and imagine them responding in the way that you would want them to respond okay so this could be a little exercise you can do handing the letter to a parent and visualizing and imagining how you would want them to respond And, you know, maybe it would go like, hey, um, I got your letter. You know, can we talk about this? And um, that person, you know, whatever, maybe they're struggling, but they're trying. I apologize. I had no idea at the time that this hurt you so badly. I can see that it did. Um, I didn't have any self-awareness. I was, you know, whatever. If somebody was in a place in their life um, that they were struggling and I'm really sorry that I allowed this to happen I hope that you can forgive me or and then maybe you imagine them giving you a hug and saying I love you or whatever if that feels okay for you to do again it could be imaginary you know Disney character if you want it to be just feeling how that feels right So try that exercise if that feels good to you or, you know, again, writing the letter, keeping it, burning it or giving it to a trusted, safe person that you do have in your life that you can share it with Um, and maybe they can role play with you even. So a spouse or a therapist can role play with you or a friend that wouldn't mind doing that um, so that you can, you know, feel what it feels like to be emotionally attuned and get your needs met. Okay, that should be very calming for your nervous system and then, you know, feeling how that feels for you. Um, If that, you know, if that feels like something you want to do, try it out. If that feels too scary, you know, you don't have to do it. Okay. All right, so I hope you found that helpful. Again, the Facebook group is Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents. I do life coaching on a completely different level. I do embodiment work and staying present, feeling your body, feeling your feelings, feeling your emotions in your body. Um, If anybody's interested in working with me, you can PM me at Tracy Principe. Join the Facebook group, PM me. Find my page, Tracy Principe. Love to have you in the Facebook group. All right, guys, that is it for today's podcast. Enjoy. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.